right, inappropriate Earl, SoundCloud and iTunes. Uh, I've got so many guys in my house that it's out of control right now. We've got uh, th- I have a, this is such a big episode. I've got a co-host. It's a hot great Anthony Stasi, one of the premier guitar players out of the Las Vegas era area. And era. era. And era. Vegas has an era. Now you hear three voices in the room. Tomorrow night I'll be at the Palladium watching this band that has the number one album on iTunes. Being interviewed by the number four podcast on iTunes. I'm going to do a slow pan. It's what they call a reveal in the business, you fucking idiots. Is this like the first time Kiss was uh, showing? Yeah, this is. I, I'm. Let me go back. You're Do it like, again. You're like Jeez. Michael. Uh, Remember how they announced everybody's Michael name? No, what was that Gene Simmons. Uh, no, a Triple J Jackson. This is like when Kiss was revealed. This is. You know, this band is so big. <laughs> we can't live up to this, buddy. They literally have three names in the band. I've never. There's the Vinnie Vincent Invasion. <laughs> yeah, right. That's There's uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival. This band is called Slash, featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. I've got the Conspirators here. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Introduce yourselves. Damn, I, Brent Fitz. Todd Kearns. Frank Sidoris. It would help if the mic was in front. Frank Sidoris. <laughs> Frank Sidoris. Are you guys sharing a mic? He's my guy. Oh. Sharing one. Yeah. yeah, it's it's. Uh, I don't have a budget for three mics. That's all right. Now, you guys have the number one album on iTunes. We do? We do? I don't even know that stuff. How does that feel? Uh, it feels like when you have the number nothing. <laughs> no, it's it's uh, news to me. It's because it's such news to me. I'm not really sure. I have to. You know what? I'm gonna actually check your your stats. I don't know if I trust your. More research. importantly, Anthony, can you, you have the number four podcast, Earl? Well, I was number one at one point. Yeah, but then Papa Joe reclaimed his rightful place on the on the throne. Sure. And I think people are wondering how did Earl get these guys here in the first place? Because about 20 years ago, one night. I was walking around the Great Western Forum. I was in the Forum Club where I was telling girls I played on the Winnipeg Jets, <laughs> which was ironic because they had folded and moved to Phoenix. <laughs> and I see this gentleman approaching me, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's the drummer from Union. <laughs> <laughs> We're going there, are we, Earl? Well, I have to explain how I know you. <laughs> hey, fair enough. That. What is awesome is that we're sitting here now 20 years. It's more than 20 years, Earl. I've known you. Are you talking so, about him? Yeah. Well, I'm not talking about you. I didn't know he was the drummer for Union. Did you know this? <laughs> Who's Union? Never heard of it. Exactly. Union is a band that just a couple years earlier, timing is everything. Of course. Shark Island, a couple years earlier. Right. Shark Island. I remember. Wild Side. Just a couple years earlier. Mm-hmm. Kiss, Carnival of Souls. Just a couple years earlier. True. <laughs> the great Bob Kulik. Just a couple Come days earlier. <laughs> so then I met you, Union. I was at the first show at Union. Pleasures in Pasadena. Strip club. It wasn't the first Union show, but that's where I met you? No, I met you at the forum. I know. 
and then I ended up being the best man at your wedding because well, you didn't know of, anyone here. There's a lot of story in between that. But no, I remember, and I'll thank you, Earl, for being the only person in the entire city of LA that stopped me and said, hey, the drummer from Union. <laughs> and well, we've been best friends ever since. Because I used to go on Kiss Asylum, which was a uh, website that any and all things kiss. Of course, yeah. If you want to keep up with uh, where Desmond Child is, that was the place to go to. And so that's the where... 90s. They were very union friendly. Of course. Mm. Yeah. And then uh, we became best friends. Mm. Yeah. And then. Very true. How did I meet you, Todd? Um, I think it was ChristianMingle.com. I thought it was Grinder. <laughs> Christian, <laughs> Christian, <laughs> Christian Grinder.com. <laughs> That's the altar boy side. Yeah. <laughs> I was an altar boy you for set. Say that. I yeah. Well, I know you guys have record labels and publicists to deal with, so I'm going to keep the the dirty talk at a minimum. Your dirty talk. I mean, uh, which was a great uh, song by Warren. Big talk. <laughs> I'm sorry. That my bad. I'm There's a little a dirty talk somewhere. Google that. Well, I mean, I don't know how they're going to do a motley Isn't crew. Not a thunder song. No. Big talk was Warren. But Dirty Talk, I think, was a Thunder song. Well, I mean, listen, uh, I'll, I'll defer to you guys on Look that one. I don't want to get into a whole thing about the Dirty Talk song by Thunder. I like the Thunder. <laughs> Didn't they, Thunder, have a song, I'll Be There For You? They were English, right? Thunder? Wait. I'll Be There For You. That was a Bon Jovi song. No, that was, a, it was also a Black and Blue song. It was. On which record? Um, Nasty Nasty. Is that the one Gene produced? produced? Third album, yeah. Simmons Records. That's right, yeah. Now, let me ask you guys a question. This is a serious question. Is this going to be a black and blue related? or We can. <laughs> How are the fans reacting? Frank, Anthony, what, do you have any questions? What is your favorite nope. album yeah. by black and blue, Frank Sidoris? <laughs> That's way before Frank you, you don't have to hold this the whole time. <laughs> yeah, just if let me know. If you have to use Pete Merluzzi as your lifeline, feel, feel yeah, you free. Call Pete we could call Pete Merluzzi. Uh, serious question. I was just at Journey and Def Leppard. And Def Leppard plays about a little over two hours. Oh, yeah? Wow. Pretty impressive. They've got a lot of songs and a lot of hits. They do. I mean, you're like, wow. And they look great. Yeah. I mean, Journey was amazing, too. I mean, Steve Perry looks better than ever. <laughs> I mean, I saw Steve Perry last. He was a haggard, you know, early 50s white guy. <laughs> now he's like a 40-year-old Filipino guy running around like a maniac. Wow. You could tell that the transformation, the band dynamics in Journey are fascinating to me. You could tell nobody likes a guitar player. They don't even approach his side of the stage. Is that right? Wow. I mean, I'm not trying to start rumors. I'm just saying I know I can read body energy. Right. What are you reading right now? I'm reading. um, You guys are real close. Whatever. It's fine. Be. It's it's 2018. It's it's lonely on the road. You know. Listen, a hole's a hole at four in the morning. <laughs> I think you guys just got dropped from your record label. <laughs> oh my God, I go back to Eddie Trunk. This guy's awful. I saw uh, something in a concert uh, that I've never seen before. You know, the drummer from Def Leppard, the great Rick Allen. Of course. Got one arm. Yeah. So when they do the acoustic song, I just assumed that that was his break. No such thing. They make him play the maraca for 10 minutes. For sure. Yeah. So is that a band decision? I've never done an acoustic. Well, I mean, I've done acoustic shows, but I've never actually had a band like break down to an acoustic set. 
But didn't John Bonham play like a... Yeah, but he had both arms. <laughs> so, are you... Oh, this is curious about acoustics. This stuff. is about arms, I see. Yeah, I think Rick's cool with doing, you know, being up there doing whatever. All right, well, I mean, who am I to question uh, that? I just seem kind of like... Give the guy a break? It's kind of a dick move. Like... <laughs> And they make him walk to the front of the stage. You'd think they'd at least walk on the drum rise and go, hey, we're going to save you the... Make you come it's all not, the It's not like they're making him play the triangle. But I think it's... It is still, it's still a one-handed... We have to give Rick Allen yeah. credit that of all the drummers who've had, you know, uh, been dealt an unfortunate thing, the fact that he's still one of the greatest drummers and has made a career being one-handed. And you know what? You really, you he know, can come up and play Maraca anytime. That's the way I'm looking at it. You have to hand it to those guys for saying, we're going to stick with this guy. So many bands out there, when you think about them, would have been ruthlessly like, okay, well, we'll just get, you know, that guy. You know, right. Rick would be like, the fact that they like, you know, they stuck together as a band all these years through all that stuff and Steve Clark and all that stuff. Those guys, they're nominated. Pete for the, Willis. They're, they're nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I think yeah. they should get in. Well, here's my question to you on that. Oh, we're sitting. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, you okay. didn't answer my question. Okay, so it's something to do with a Morocco. It's a Morocco question, or is no, it no, a, I have another question. Okay. What do you think? I just will come in with one question on this. <laughs> I've heard one Def Leppard related question, and then we're gonna get to you guys. Oh, okay, perfect. Now, as you know, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has uh, very stringent guidelines for what band members can get in. Like with Kiss, right, it was a right. big. It was the original guy. You know, do, we don't want Eric and Tommy. And by the way, Tommy Thayer is a head bigger than I do. Jesus Christ, that thing is big. I mean, he's a he's a large guy. My God, if he was riding with Kennedy that day, he'd still be alive. I mean, that's a bit. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just saying, that's a big head. <laughs> Just take an extra gallon of makeup to get that thing. So that was a big deal. You guys can't have Tommy and Eric in. It's just the original four. And with Def Leppard, I thought something they said that was very cool was Pete Willis. They want him in. They do. Okay. And, and he only played on the first two albums. Now, here's my question. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to make you guys uncomfortable. But you knew the drill when you agreed to do this show. <laughs> I didn't know there was going to be Pete Willis-related questions. But... <laughs> well, it's not really. It... Okay. Yeah. yeah. He only played on the first two albums. Sure. But they're great albums. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Now, here's where we get into a little semantics. Okay. Rick Allen's Missing Arm only played on the first two albums. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I see where you're going with this. Does the Missing Arm get in? Of course it gets in. Of course it gets in. <laughs> All right. That's End a no of brainer. If Pete Willis is getting in. Now, are you saying really quickly? Yeah, well, let's end on that. <laughs> <laughs> let's end on that. <laughs> uh, we Usually we get to the plugs on Instagram Live, but this is already off the rails. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there were rails? Right. Yes, there were. Oh, yeah. No, no, we're good on that. My co-host, Anthony, uh, where can people find you online, Anthony? I'm not sure. <laughs> Christian Tinder. Yeah, there you go. Todd's got it. <laughs> oh, I bet. So the tour ends tomorrow night, yes? This leg of the tour? Actually, it's a weird thing to consider, but it's weird because we're staying at the exact same hotel where we started it. So this weird kind of like surreal minute where I was like, wow. This is and weird we started down the street at the Whiskey, and now we're yeah. finishing down the street at the Palladium. So 
Yeah. Two shows uh, at the Whiskey. One was a private, serious gig. LA shows and one in Long Run, which is yeah. ridiculous. All packed. Yeah. Well, we haven't played we're, tomorrow we'll yet, see so how we'll it see goes. It's packed, okay. believe me. It's you know, I remember seeing you guys play there what uh, three years ago? About that, yeah. Probably. Uh, whiskey, that makes sense. Yeah. You were at the Whiskey? No, I was at the Palladium three years ago when I had a young lady friend of age. <laughs> <laughs> lady, not girl. Thanks for sharing. Well, sure. Well, I, you have to in this day and age. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how they're going to do the Motley Crue movie on Netflix uh, in this era. Uh, good point. Yeah. in It's a... Uh, Boy, I can only imagine. It'd, it'd probably be like half an hour long because I couldn't tell all the yeah. gnarly stories. <laughs> well, you can tell. my heart, and here we are. Yeah, uh, fair, we fair are. World tour. You couldn't. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the casting had to be the hardest part. I really wish they would have consulted me because uh, I think I had the best four. Uh, you got. You guys are the pro musicians. I'm not. Who did you choose? Uh, to play Vince Neil, I would have gone with Tara Reid. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I like it. Like current day Tar Tarry? At least the last fifteen years. Oh. <laughs> um and then uh, Johnny Knoxville has a Nikki Six. Okay. A yeah, bit of makeup, that. you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ashton Kutcher's Tommy Lee. I can see that. That's, yeah, that's yeah. a good one. And oh I've saved the best for last, no less. Uh you know, you really need someone to look like Mick Mars. It was very tough. Even with makeup, it was tough. And I uh contacted Joyce DeWitt from Three's Company. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow. She's on board. Wow. She's coming out of retirement. It's a good 70s reference. For your Motley Crue movie. For my Motley Crue movie, it, there wouldn't be enough X's in the alphabet to, sure. uh, yeah. you know, I mean, it's a new era. It is. It's a new it, era. And this Me Too and Time's Up, we all grew up, I think I'm the oldest guy in the room, but right. I think we like the same music. Ted Nugent had a song, Jailbait. Right. Yeah. Kiss. Aerosmith had one called Jailbait, yeah. Kiss, uh, Christine 16, sure. which they still sing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, uh, it's a little creepy now when, you know, you didn't jeans. think about it when you were younger, did you? Well, you know, when they were 30, it was cool. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so I don't know. Winger had a hit. It was 17. She's only 17. That's right. Yeah. Well, I mean, what would be, uh, if you're a winger now, do you change the uh, title to... She's thirty-eight. The funny thing is, this is this is they a true that, story. When I when I I did a thing with Winger one night, I can't remember what the hell it was, but every time around that kind of after the guitar solo is a breakdown, boom, she's only thirty-eight. They whatever they like, they've done the math as far as like seventeen and whatever year that was to now, so it changes year to year. But it's hilarious when they do that. Um, so yeah, she's very appropriate age now. Just at the time, favorite Winger 17. album, Frank. <laughs> Come on, Frank. I, only, I did have the one that album. I had that. I don't know That's what it's the, called. The first one, self-titled. Apologies yeah. to Kip, but yeah, I, I do have that album. Kip Winger of, of, of Alice Cooper's band. Of Alice Cooper's band, right? Yeah, that was the best era of Alice's with, band. He was, he I was that with uh, Kane, right? Kane Roberts yeah. was in the band. Too. I saw Kip on the Constrictor tour. I believe. Did you really? Wow. Yeah. No pain, no Kane. I that. Uh, <laughs> Poster was in the Gold's Gym. I used to go. Didn't to. Peter Dahlstrom lived next door to uh, Kane Roberts. Now, Peter Dahlstrom is a mythical figure that uh, if <laughs> if you've ever been, uh, you know, I'm going to lose a lot of listeners. <laughs> Everything but was going good. Until we have Peter to give him a plug, though. But uh, we do have to give. We uh, have a mutual friend. Uh, I know Anthony has talked uh, guitar cabinets with him. Uh, <laughs> if you've ever been to a concert in L.A. and bumped into a drunk Swedish guy backstage. <laughs> That's our friend Swedish Peter. He uh, 
He's the most, he could sneak into a cabinet meeting uh, in the White House <laughs> and give feedback. Trump would probably take it too. Uh, so. But we love him. Oh, we love Peter. He's I mean, he's, uh, you know, he's, how would you explain, like, I think we've, you know, you've explained it. <laughs> he's, he's like a uh, 80s metal. Uh, Lemmy loved him. So, you know, I mean, Lemmy loved a lot him. about him. There you go. Right. I mean, God rest. And I can only imagine what heaven became like when Lemmy got up there. Black strippers were trying to get into heaven <laughs> uh, ASAP. But what's been the favorite moment of the tour? Um, right now with you. You know, that's a good answer. <laughs> hey, you know what? We thought about it earlier. <laughs> What's yeah. cool is we were going to do this at the start of the tour. I and know, we just we didn't have enough time. So we actually got out for a month and did a whole bunch of great now shows. We and we have something to talk about. Now we have something oh. to talk about. So Let's that's why it's... Talk about. Let's uh, give them something to talk about. about. You know... Name the artist. Earl. Right Who's that, that by? Who sings that song? I, I, uh, Earl? Who, who, uh, sings uh, who sings the song we just sang? It starts with an A. No. Who? B. <laughs> you were close though. It was one one probably sings a song. Bonnie Ray. Bonnie Ray. Well, oh, well done. good. Okay. I was gonna say Alana Smile. What was the broad uh, or Alana Miles? Probably? Earl yeah. is actually a surprisingly good musicologist. Now he doesn't just know. I've known you a long time, Earl. You don't just know eighties metal. metal well, no, it's my love, but I I like the Cars. Sure. Who doesn't like the cars? I think that's pretty much how you can tell if somebody's Al-Qaeda. But if you <laughs> want to see Earl really shine... Who is Benjamin Orr? Ask him a very Benjamin deep Orr. question about yeah. the mighty rat. And you've got him hooked. Oh, sure, yeah. Well, the rat had a nice run. They're still running. They're still running. They're not running. <laughs> <laughs> Walking? Rats. Steven is sitting at on some my, shows. On my Spotify playlist, they're still running. Oh, so. I saw well, you didn't see the next video, which, you know, the first, you know, Stephen was a little tired one show. So you did. It was a knee issue, I heard. Yeah. That's what they put out there. Well, I don't think you're necessarily supposed to mix, uh, mix alcohol and barbiturates <laughs> before it says right a show. On the bottle, dude. It says right on the bottle. <laughs> I mean, listen, he's lived a full life. He sure has. And then the next two shows were nice. Right. Then, you know, I, I think the, the next two shows might, you know, Sure. But what here's the thing. Now we we bring up rat kiddingly. Those guys can't stand each other. Oh, it's sad, isn't it? And you guys as a band, you could tell you guys all love each other. Yeah. And it shows in the shows. Yeah. Which as a fan, I love Right. Like how come you guys get along so well? Now I'm being for once I'm being serious. You know, sometimes you have to be in bands with guys you don't like to find the to be in the band with guys you do. So I don't know. I guess we're in the best band we've ever been in now. So that's my answer. I think you also make allowances and you accommodate to the individuals around you regardless. Being a, an affable Canadian, you just sort of kind of like try to get along with people. And then when you finally, it's easy to get along with these people. Like we actually, the three of us actually looked each other up during the two years that, you know, we weren't uh, doing this with Slash. And Miles, it was like we were still hanging out. We were still getting coffee and going out together. That's what we do, you know. So the fact that we actually get to play music together and travel together is is just a bonus on top of that. Now, to the uninitiated, because it is, a th like I said, I've never seen three names in a band before. How do you guys, <laughs> I mean, you guys are out of control, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do... Well, don't forget Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Yeah, but those Crosby, are just... Crosby, Stills, Nash, Young, and Skakel. And Skakel, hold on, well... 
Well, that's an Amber Alert. That's not a band. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just three dudes. Yeah. Right, yeah, you guys are literally yeah, yeah. three entities. And I don't... Existing together, yeah. True. Now, how do you guys all come together? And, and I really don't know the answer to this. So, uh, you know, Slash is in another band that's done reasonably well. Sure, sure. But, but that's their box set right there. Is it? Yes. Oh, I haven't even seen it. It's that really movie. fascinating. I didn't pay for it. A fan gave it to me. But so well your boss got some cash, but just right. not not, not mine. Personal. Oh, that's and I used to live in a building with Steven Adler. So I have some Guns N' Roses tie-ins. Sure, sure yeah. Uh, how do you guys all, how does this band get together in the first place? It starts with Brent. I mean, it obviously starts with Slash, but I get to think, I guess it starts with Miles and Slash, but yeah. Brent came into it. I just got a text one day saying, Slash's new drummer is from Winnipeg. <laughs> that was the direct quote. Who texted you that? Him. Brent, oh, you Brent, just said. I actually told you that? Yeah, you said, oh, that's hilarious. Slash's new drummer is from Winnipeg. And I go, no way. That's awesome. That's all I said was. Well, I probably, why would I text it to you, Todd? Because Canadians, we're always like, yeah. we always have to like, I don't know if we're self-deprecating, but we always validate the Canadian the thing. Like, that, hey, that guy, that actor's from Canada, you know? Yeah. So I think that was just me saying to you, uh, hey, check it out. How I crazy know, is yeah, that? Yeah. Like, That's who would have thought? Crazy, yeah. No, and it what, wasn't braggery or, you know, at all. It was just sort of like. And what gets worse is then a week later, there was a guy from Saskatchewan <laughs> slash is bad. And all of a sudden slash had two, two guys from the prairies. We're going to go on Facebook live now. I'm oh not, my gosh. Oh sure. I'm not fucking now. around. As you can see, I'm a one man operation, so I I'm not flashing it. you guys. I like, wasn't sure if you were trying to do some sort of a uh, crotch shot, but I guess it's shooting this way, which is <laughs> probably, well, pardon me, guys. probably bad. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, it would be a different angle. <laughs> Because, Brent, weren't you at one point pretty close to drumming for Billy Idol, but like right before this? Didn't you have a not, not, no. talks were in place, possibly? Basically, it was just I had heard that they were looking for a drummer the same, basically the same day that Slash called me. So in a nutshell, the, the Billy Idol thing never happened. That doesn't even exist, but... Um, so, I got a nutshell for but you. You know what? Uh, okay, we should talk about the day before. Um, I got a call from Slash. Todd and I played at the Cat Club here in Hollywood with Bruce Kulick. Was that like that recent? I mean, it was the day so after. We played with. We did the show. It's funny because we're doing the Kiss. Cruise you didn't know that? We've done that. the Chris Cruise, Kiss Cruise last year with Bruce, and we're doing it again this year with Bruce. But back in 2010, I guess it was, Bruce put out BK3. Burger King 3. No, it was Bruce, Bruce Kulik. I bought it. Yeah, it was a great album. You weren't there at the... We did like a release party that night. At the and, uh, and on Sunset. On Sunset. And, and, and it was part of night. one of the Gene Simmons Family Jewels episodes because Nick Simmons came up and sang with us yeah. uh, that night. But Todd and I were part of Bruce's band. Yeah. And um, that was actually a new to you and the introduction to Bruce because yeah. you and I had never even played together. I've known Todd. I don't We've know. We've known each other a long time. We've never 30 played years. together. Is the Winnipeg... Uh, music community that big where two guys would not well canada i'm not from winnipeg so. where are you from chief <laughs> saskatchewan the next province over which you... is still an eight-hour drive away i'm so. sorry research isn't in the budget He's from a town of <laughs> very successful hockey players and one music yeah wendell yeah. clark uh the uh, brookbank brothers, the brookbank brothers he's related so to them my cousins yeah yeah so yeah. you know that my research i know you've done that research who's, yes. the, who's the guy on the blackhawks Brooke. That's uh, Sheldon Brookbank, yeah. The, the, uh, Todd's the grandmother Brooks. has drank wine from the Stanley Cup the Stanley in Cup. in your no hometown with us, but she there's a picture of her. That's pretty Presley. rad. That's crazy. My grandfather watched two girls in a Stanley Cup. Wow. <laughs> so, 
it's porn about hockey. All right, so uh, turn. Hello, Bruce Kulik's probably having a heart attack right now. Oh my God! Don't talk about me on Earl's podcast. Basically, uh, Todd and I are, are both failed hockey players. That's the yeah, moral that's of exactly. the story. Well, that's but no, we ended up in not the same bands back in Canada, but we knew each other on the yeah. You just kind of cross paths on the yeah. circuit playing in the eighties. And when we both ended up in LA and crossing paths and Vegas, more specifically, more specifically, was that? Um, then when we did just to fast forward the Bruce Kulik gig at the cat club, it was, I stayed over in LA an extra day after Todd and I played. So that was that trip. Okay. That I, I, I kind of lose track of that, but yeah, you were out in LA. I went back home Yeah, and then he's out in LA and suddenly it's like, I'm playing with Slash. I'm like, no way. That's awesome. You know? It just, you know, the, like a, a phone call, but our friend Pete Merluzzi, who's also been tour yeah. manager with Slash and Velvet Revolver, and um, he was <sighs> kind enough to like recommend me. You know, it's always someone recommends you for a gig, and it's who you know. So I was recommended by some people, and Slash called me. And actually, his phone call was, "Hey, I've never met you, uh, but I." Everyone today was telling me you got to call this guy Fitz. You know, because Slash was putting this band together around that time to yeah. get ready to support his first solo record. Miles was the only one really on on board, I think. Yeah. So, I have to ask though, was he already lined to sing the tour, or was was it yeah. Andrew Stockdale? I mean, that why? Was that no, just Miles to was that single because I don't remember. I, well, I wasn't a part of it yet, so I actually don't know the story. I oh, we're gonna get what? into that part. Yeah. Don't worry, we're not leaving you out, Chief. Oh, no, 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 it's fine. I, uh, oh no. Go on. But the, um, the first little introduction was Slash and I talking, and then we got together to do a little, you know, playing together, see if there was, you know, some chemistry. How does that go about? Like, you walk into a room, hey, well, dude, what's up? Small talk, and then you play, like, a GNR song, or? It was set up ahead of time. Slash sent me a, a little list of, hey, let's work on these songs. Um, and what was cool was he threw me a, a actual a curveball right at the last minute. It was one of the new songs. I think he had sent me a... Uh, a little MP. I think it was by the sword. Oh, yeah, and so in the, sense. you know, in the 11th hour, I was kind of like quickly putting this new song together and it was probably, you know, like paradise city, sweet child of mine, night train or something like that. <clears throat> Some guns and roses songs and maybe a velvet revolver song. And then, um, something new. And I jammed in a room with him at mates, uh, Just you in and North him? Hollywood. No, there was like, um, so there was a bass player and the first guitar player that toured with us for quite a while, Bobby Schneck. And I think even those guys were kind of like, hey, I don't really know if we're all in the band yet, but it was a little bit kind of like unsure. And maybe even Slash wasn't sure what, what you know, exactly he was putting together, uh, but going to put a band together to go and tour this record. But as it it seemed to gel with him and I, and, and I was like, okay, well, he'd asked me, hey, do you want to, you know, join the band and we're going to, you know, do some shows. And and then we kind of got those four guys together before even Miles Kennedy had played with us. Um, even when I came in, Miles wasn't there yet. But it, the interesting story about the, the first three days was we rehearsed with Bobby Schneck and a, a bass player, Dave and Slash and myself getting songs together. But there was just a little bit something that was, Maybe, you know, we're just missing something or, we, you know, I remember Slash and I kind of talking about. Uh, it wasn't Canadian enough, I think is what he's trying to say. Right. Yeah. They needed a really good looking tall <laughs> bass player. I can just tell you this, that whatever wasn't working, I had the answer very quick. And I remember telling Slash, hey, if this isn't working, I have the guy. And I literally had on speed dial Todd and a picture to show Slash, hey, what about this guy? Because I think we were going to try some other bass players just to just check out like some other yeah. vibes, you know, cause we had a little time before we were going to do the first shows and I just 
said, Hey, what about this guy? And it's all about who, you know, in the business, you know, like so I'm you, sitting at a Chili's with my father. <laughs> this is so <laughs> great. <you> do. <clears throat> my father was in town. I was looking at houses in Vegas, in Vegas. Yeah. So, and my dad's a, house yet. Wow. and my dad's a grown up. So I literally bought my house and I, I bought, I closed on my house and eight days later I was on the road for a year and a half. So yeah. it was a weird story, but I was like, um, my father was down and, you know, helping me. I'd never bought a house before. Well, I had, I owned a condo at one point, but that was a whole other, that's a whole other chapter. But, um, so, you know, he's down and I, oh, I get this phone call from Brent and I'm sitting at the table. So I just pick it up. Hey man, what's going on? He goes, Hey, can you be in LA tomorrow by noon? Jam with slash at, at mates. And I go, yeah, I think so. I looked at my dad, I go, cause he's in town. And I'm like, this is kind of totally like disrupting the entire process. And I go, Hey, do you want to go to LA tomorrow? He goes, I've never been to LA. I go, then there you go. You know, whatever happens, it's kind of like, I get to take my dad to LA, which is basically here's North Hollywood. And you know, so that's basically the brunt of what he saw. Here's um, Lancashire. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. Enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, I think I told you though, like, okay, bring an Ampeg, bring a, a, a Fender P bass. And uh, no, I just brought my my P bass. And the thing was, I don't even think I told you what songs like, to learn. It wasn't like because I already knew that Todd would know all the songs needed. And it wasn't really like a, you're trying out. It was more like you want to come jam. And I and I've been living in Vegas jamming with everybody. I was kind of like the quintessential like show up and jam rockabilly, or show up and play metal, or show up and play classic rock. And I could pretty much kind of find my way through everything. Obviously, Guns and Roses was like I literally didn't even. I think I might have listened to like you know, brought a CD to play in the car on the drive down. Like, oh yeah, you know, cause I played all of Appetite my whole life. You know, it's just like, I know Appetite, I could play the guitar or sing it or play bass, you know, whatever. And um, so we showed up and all I remember really, really, really running through was Night Train. It's the only song I remember like running through and, and then him kind of going, okay. Uh, and you know, we were suddenly I was learning how to play by the sword in that very room, in that mate's room, you know, mm -hmm. over the PA system, just kind of like, okay, well, this is a new song press play and da -da -da -da, I'm sitting there trying to learn this uh, like right there in the room and it was like oh wow you know and then he tweeted something right away slash is like our bass player is Todd Kearns and it went Pfft. was it that that immediate it was that seemed was like it happened very oh and the, the best part of the story is that as I'm putting my amp together and getting my bass amp I turn around or I turn around and my father's talking to to slash like you know total old old school windbreaker dad 70 year old shaking hands with slash and you're kind of like oh my god what are they talking about <laughs> yeah slash is like who is this guy <laughs> yeah, yeah. wait a minute look so just back up to when you first came into the room at yeah. mates for the like it was the first day of okay we're going to try this which new, is the same room we always rehearse new bass player out right. what happened was you came in and i remember i was talking to slash but he wasn't facing the door and you came in and i think your dad came in first that sounds about so right. That sounds like so my Slash saw your dad first and looked at me and goes, who's that guy? I go, oh, that's 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 his dad. Yeah. Oh, his dad's here? <laughs> it's like <laughs> just a little bit crazy at first. You know, Todd's dad rolled in with a very, you know, Saskatchewan red Regular windbreaker guy. jacket. Hey, how are you? And uh, and yeah. Yeah, it was like really, it was a very surreal thing because we we ended up staying at the Sportsman's Lodge, which is a very... Hollywood rock and roll band thing to do. I used to do comedy there. Thank you very much. <laughs> of course. Yeah. It, it couldn't have been more perfect. You know, jam at mates, stay at Sportsman's Lodge. But I mean, we briefly stay at the Horseman's Lodge. What a crazy story, right? Like how much it's not, you know, it's not a glamorous story. It's like, you know, 
from having lunch at Chili's to yeah. next day you're literally jamming and then you know and then he wouldn't let me go home that was kind of I had to go home and I had gigs I go I gotta go back you know so they let me go back and do that's the honorary Canadian in Todd is, yeah I was he like, wasn't gonna let anybody down that he'd already committed to that weekend yeah I, was I like, think Slash said well um if you just go do your gigs but I'll make sure you come back like for the Sunday and exactly you went home for a day or something which is very Slash now that we know Slash yeah go do your thing and then like be here like 10 seconds after you're done, just come right back and play yeah. with us. And I was like, okay. And I came back and, and literally it feels like there was, you know, I'm at Chili's, I'm jamming Night Train and boom, we're on the Jay Leno jamming show. Night train it, <laughs> <laughs> but and it, it, it did like happen it within so a week. fast, it was like, you know. We put you in the band and in a week later, uh, all of us were, you know, it yeah. was like we did. And that's before Miles even showed up. Like so who was singing when you guys were auditioning or no, not like, auditioning, jamming? We were just just jamming. It was just getting the music together. And what was happening was the first song that was a single on Slash's, that first self-titled solo record was, the song By was the By the Sword, yeah. which Andrew Stockdale from the band Wolfmother from Australia was singing on. So what they were doing was bringing uh, Andrew in to do some promo for it, like, we did Jay Leno with Andrew. Then we did uh, the George Lopez show. And we yeah. did the other show. Remember? Yeah, we, you did Alan. No. No, but we did, what was the other we show? Craig where we did Craig Ferguson. The, Craig Ferguson. We actually taped. All of those were done with Andrew, yeah. It's funny who, anyone who's not been involved in talk shows and, and know how they get put together. But we have a great story about the day we filmed Craig sure. Ferguson and George Lopez. Yeah. Two episodes of George Lopez all in the same day. Yeah. It was like a crazy day and of talk shows. that was the first time, because we did by the sword with Andrew and we did back from Cali with Miles Kennedy. Same so day. It, all, both on the George Lopez show yeah. we did, we did so that they played one night they played by the sword and the next night they played, they played, um, I just knew, I knew Alan was Adam Levine though. That was later on. That was yeah. like six months in or something. Oh, really? I, I yeah. assumed it was all fairly. Very early on though, we did the golden gods awards and that's when Lemmy came in, which was like, you know, it had already gotten, for me, it was already crazy. You know, you slash and, you know it, the whole thing was was nuts and then and then you know now you're suddenly jamming with lemmy which is insane so we did the golden gods awards with him mm. and um dick Grohl. they played motorhead together they played uh, ace of spades we yeah. jammed Ace you of spades. played it's you played classic. with like i stepped off the kit you played with dave i didn't play with him either yeah that oh. was because lemmy oh. was playing bass but a, a classic story is when when lemmy came in and he and slash if you know slash you know he likes to play through songs he's a muscle memory guy he doesn't mess around he's like let's try ace of spades and 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 you're if you're a big enough fan of of motorhead you know lemmy doesn't want to play ace of spades even when he was playing his own show he was kind of like you know okay fine i'll play it um so we played through it once and he was just singing because i was playing bass he's like no i'll just sing and i was like okay are you talking about rehearsal yeah rehearsal yeah yeah we had to rehearse we had to rehearse before. it and then and then slash goes okay cool do you want to try that again and, and lemmy goes do you want to fucking do sweet child of mine again? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yes, I'm having a very Lemmy moment. Right well, now. we also had that. Remember we jammed the, the, um, uh, Dr. Alibi song that Lemmy and Lemmy sang did Dr. Alibi with us that on night. Slash's record. And we were also going to play this song, uh, on the golden gods, but we had to rehearse the harmonies. Yeah. Yeah. There was a section where Lemmy actually had three part harmony. He had recorded, In which was bridge of the song. There was the, uh, it's a three-part harmony. And yeah. he got very serious about that. Yeah, he got that. super musical about it. Like he pulled us aside. We, we did a acapella. we did a harmony vocal with Lemmy. Yeah. We're sitting there a cappella just singing the, and I feel all right doing what I do. And it was like really like surreal and he was to like stand there. And he's directing like, us. Like, and he's got, and he had really great pitch. It's yeah. like you think of Lemmy because his voice is so 
Lemmy, you know, but but he was like, he, when he was singing, he was really serious about it. He wasn't like, you know, just fooling around. He was like yeah. very serious. So yeah, we just rambled through that. And then we, so those, that was early on too. That's probably within the first couple of weeks of being there as well. We kind of felt like we were in Hollywood a so bunch. So that have been two, 2011 or 2010? 2010. That 2010, all happened yeah. early 2010. And then how does Miles come up? Was it I, with Andrew? Was it like, oh, we don't know if it's going to, I mean. No, Andrew was definitely there just to sing one song on, like, because he was supporting the first singer. Right. Miles, Miles was definitely going to be the singer in this thing because we went to Melbourne really quickly. We went to this unveiling of the of the album for mtv it was um, they australia. was releasing the mtv classic australia. uh channel <clears throat> channel in australia so we went over to melbourne very early on as well and miles was singing that entire show so it was basically that early lineup it wasn't conspirators yet it was just brent myself bobby schneck miles kennedy a very soft-spoken quiet guy named miles kennedy that none of us had really met before but he could sing the shit out of those songs and then slash yeah and it was that was it and then we took it around the country. To be honest, in the early days, I was like, is this going to be like three months of flying out on weekends and doing like whatever? And then we're all going to go home and high five and that's it, you know? But um, Slash was, might not have known what it was going to be either. I don't think he really had an idea what it was going to be. Nope. But I think he enjoyed himself so much and enjoyed the band. It was like a year and a half later that we, you know, basically just went around the world a couple of times. And was, we, did, we did a warm up show at the Roxy. Remember that? Yeah. And I remember. And remember was, Miles sang the night, but Andrew check. got up and sang. What about this? Who was the well, we did, first we, we did guy that night too. who came early and sat off the side to the front row? Oh yeah, Mick Mars was at Soundcheck. Mick Mars was at Soundcheck. He was the first guy there. there at the show. And you're, like, you're doing Soundcheck and you're like, is that Mick Mars? Is that Mick Mars? Over there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> did he stare at you with a? It was I don't not think he has any whites in his eyes. <laughs> you know, I don't know, but it was very cool that he came down to the gig. So yeah, we were pretty blown away. Yeah. So and then let's get to the guy to your right. Frankie, Frankie. <laughs> There's Anthony Stasi, premier guitar player from the Las Vegas area. For what is the name of your band, Frankie? Hi, Anthony. Anthony, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm in a band called Frankie and the Studs. iTunes? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Eight tracks. You got Spotify. Spotify. All that stuff. So, hey, I'll just give you guys a yeah. shout out because you guys have known each other. Your whole since life, since birth. childhood, right? Yeah. So you went to school together, grew up together. We've known, e we've known each other longer than we haven't. Think about it. There you go. Yeah. Are you guys, wow. like, how old are you now, Frank? 30? Are 30. you the same age? Yeah. He's a month. So when Frank joined this band, The Conspirators, uh, you were... Yeah, it wasn't called, it was just called Slash featuring Miles Kennedy, right? That's all it was. That's a whole other subject. Well, they had a rule to call it The Conspirators. that was the case, because I remember a friend's <laughs> open for you guys, I was like, Slash... Then Slash featuring Miles Kennedy, or was it just? It was, it was always Miles, Miles Kennedy, Kennedy because yeah. Forgetting, yeah, and Slash in the contractually obligated mention of Miles Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is no joke here. No, but uh, so you were 23 though when we Frank auditioned you yeah. on Super Bowl Sunday, 2012. Because it was February, so it just turned 2012. But I mean, Frank Frank took a flight from Toronto overnight to audition. He's not Canadian. He just happened to be in Toronto. You were doing a gig. Yeah. What happened to the other? Like, was it the other guy just wanted to move on or? I don't just... really know. Because Slash, we, we, did the, we did a new record called Apocalyptic Love. We'd finished that record. We, were, we, were we did LA. a record because this band <laughs> yeah. hadn't recorded before. So That's Slash, true, yeah. we all got in the studio. We actually worked on songs a little bit on the road. I remember being in, in, a, in, our, you know, in our wardrobe cases one day, just putting clothes away or doing whatever we were doing, getting ready for a show. And Slash just kind of went, so I think we're going to do the next record with the band. 
there's no, no didn't ask me if I was available or if I wanted to. We just sort of like that's what we're doing. And I remember going like 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 us. And he goes, yeah. I go, okay. This guy, you know, we're like out in like Germany or something like that. And then like we suddenly go in and make this record um, with the four of us. Um, and and then we finished Apocalyptic Love. And by the end of it, uh, I did we not have the the conspirators name by then? Well, when that you, was the first. No, we album, talked about it. First- while we were recording, remember Slash was like, I want to give it a name. We were watching TV one name. day in Slash's living room and, and there was, a, and, and he watches the History Channel and all these kind of like World War II things. And there was an episode coming up called The Collaborators, which was a World War II thing. He goes, he, wanted, he said he wanted to call it The Collaborators. And I go, okay. And I remember we were kind of like, that's interesting, but it's, it doesn't quite roll off the tongue. And one day the very same thing happened. I was sitting on the couch with him and I go, the conspirators. Now that's a cool name. It was another like, you know, war thing that was coming up, documentary thing. And he goes, hmm. <laughs> Which is very slash. He just doesn't really react right away. He goes, uh-huh. And then like a couple days later, he'll go, so I think we're gonna call the band the conspirators. He the yeah, idea, you, and then it, he um, like <clears throat> likes to ruminate, let it see. So yeah, you're right. I think that is better. But um, I'm pretty sure that was before you walked in the room anyway. I think we'd kind of like yeah. settled on that. Yeah. Right. And I when I walked in, I remember well, when I auditioned, I think you were you would just finish like auxiliary percussion. Like you just finished. Yeah, we were basically. In the yeah. Trailer. Something like that. You just finished the album. So I don't even but, know if you guys were, you, you know, know when no we title other than Slash just, featuring Miles Kennedy. We got to back up when we when Slash was deciding we were going to record. It was Miles was going to play guitar and Slash was going to play guitar. I think that was and why the four of us worked on the record and Miles played everything on I remember Miles the left side. Really kind of like like kind of mildly stressed out about like, you know, he's still working on lyrics. He's doing all this stuff. But now he's got to go in and come up with all these guitar parts and stuff like that. He was kind of like, yeah, but he's a great guitar player, but he's an he amazing did a great guitar job. player. He so super stressed out about, it. obviously I wasn't a part of the process, but I remember hearing him say like, considering it's his first effort writing with the band yeah. you know, as a singer, but now to write guitar as well was just like extra, yeah. extra weight, but he, he killed it. He did such a great job. I mean, those, yeah. those his parts are great on that so too. Good. Yeah. And his, I mean, all his parts are great at the time. Brent and I both went into a room with a uh, steady stream of guitar players uh, auditioning at mates again um this sort of like we're gonna get another guitar player so brent and i are just kind of like uh you know slash was kind of like try out some guys <laughs> whoever you like then i'll come down and jam with them the next day or something like that or whenever the hell we did it do we have a choice no it's, <laughs> yeah. it, it was and what are you no, looking for more uh i mean I'm, I'm assuming all the players are around the relative skill level yeah if you're calling them in is it a vibe like well uh, you know i guess how can I we get along with this we, guy there was guys uh, there was a lot of good guys a lot of guys who, who are mostly not the right guys and that yeah. is not a discredit to a good guitar player it's just Sometimes it's not necessarily the um, the what's the best. It's the best fit. Yeah. It's not the best guitar player. It's also that, you're looking for the guy to accommodate Slash's playing. If he's a lead guitar player, it's like it's a lot to ask the guy. Well, you're not going to be. You know, you're playing with Slash. That's kind of like he's that's his gig. You know. So we a lot of the guys that we 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 tried out and some of them we really liked. A lot of those guys have gone on to do other things or were doing other things at the time anyway. Yeah. Um. But you know, Brent brought up. What about that Frank guy from Vegas? And I remember my I, saying this in full confidence now that I know and love him. At the time, I was like, you mean that young guy? The kid? The kid? I go, I mean, I know he's fantastic and everything, but he's like, I looked around at our band. And I was like, we're all like 20 years older than that guy. And that wasn't necessarily, you know, just at the time, it just seemed kind of like an unusual decision to kind of go there. But um, it made all the sense in the world, especially when, when he walked in the room. It suddenly was like, when you started playing with us, it was like, oh, yeah, this is the guy. What? Are, what? Are, why are we? 
Why are we messing around? In reality, it should have been just like, why do we spend three days with these other guys? Should have just had him come in and go like, see, this, this was perfect. Well, and it ultimately has to work for Slash. He, he picked too. you. I mean, we brought you in, but he was the one that has to play yeah, with you I'm on guitar. The so timeline of it, because I, mem- I remember being in L.A. with that other band. Uh, and we came to the Roxy to see you. Right. Yeah. The timeline is. is Frank was playing with a band that played the Roxy. We came down as a all of us came to see you. And right. I remember you, we were all like, well, he looks cool as hell. Based on your recommendation. So I remember it was like, you know, the auditions were recommendations from mostly you guys. Right. Or what? however that worked out, but it was, it was just people that, you know, you, you figured, all right, well, let's give them a shot for the most part, or you were fed those people too. Well, there was we a mix of, mix of the two. Mm-hmm. You know what? In this town, it's not hard when someone's looking for a guitar player. It's amazing what goes on. I mean, I lived here for, you know, a long, long time years ago in the nineties. And when you heard that somebody, Ozzy's looking for, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like the whole city finds out and then everybody goes and auditions, right? right. It's right. just the way it is here. Right. So I guess when, you know, everyone finds out, Oh, Slash is looking for a guitar player, and it doesn't take much to, yeah, and the word, for the word to the, spread. To me, at that point, was, um, you know, if you if you want to come down, give it a shot. Essentially, I think I had about a week or so to kind of like, well, is this even a thing, or what's the plan? What did you learn? Um, <laughs> what great that, guys! Stuff. <laughs> yeah, Frank met me, and then uh, I was. Uh, what is your favorite rat record? To, uh, Frank? Well, fucking. Uh, it's clearly what, what the rat dragged in. Wait, hold on. Wait, that's not right. Um, Listen, we're going to cut fired. this interview right now. <laughs> if you don't get this answer right, Frank, you're fired. If you, you know, I don't mean to break this up, but, uh, you know, Slash almost. We've was lost a lot of listeners as that we go true. into. The- no, no, the, the yeah. viewers. It is true. Yeah. Uh, but hold on. So <laughs> yeah, let's get, let's be, let's bring it back to seriousness. Do you remember what we jammed? I don't remember what we jammed together. Uh, I do, in no particular order, I remember we did uh, Nothing to Say, which, really? was a, which was a Slash solo song. Which M, was like super M Shadows from Avenged Sevenfold sang that song. Mm. And then we did Back from Cali, okay. another Slash solo song. And then we did <clears throat> Paradise City. Oh. And uh, But again, you know, to back it up, I got the the word that like, yes, if you can make it on this Sunday, it's the only time we're doing, you know, and you guys were probably supposed to be off anyway, but it was like me, maybe two other people that were going to come down that night anyway. Yeah. And I flew, it was Super Bowl Sunday. So it was 6 a.m. that I, I flew. I remember I got on the plane. At I know. 6 you played Toronto a gig time. Saturday night in Toronto. You left your yeah. gig, probably still Mod sweaty, yep. got on the plane and came to Mod LA. Club, yeah. No sleep. And you jammed the next morning. I remember. And what's really terrible is that the only flight at the time, I remember I had to fly from LA or to LAX. Then spend a hundred dollars on a cab to go to Burbank. Oh, of course. And I yeah. barely made it. I was like five minutes late, which was incredible. It all worked out. But then um, I had two guitars and uh, a tuner, and then just plugged into whatever amp, and yeah, we jammed those songs. I just remember thinking, actually, good thing you only had that because I remember a lot of the guys we auditioned came in with pedal boards with twenty freaking pedals, and right away. I think that was what was a Steve Stevens audition, but like, <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of thing. Like, <laughs> what are you doing here? It, it probably Damn, first, just, uh, first impression is kind of like, well, w- that's probably not going to work for the gig. It's a bunch of pedals. I remember, I do remember this, and this just came to me right when I walked in. 
was delirious, and Todd goes, "See, he's got the right shoes." I don't know why he said. I don't know what the backstory. What that shoes was. were you wearing? Uh, chucks. Just, oh, you're wearing Just chucks. Exactly yeah. these. I yeah. remember. Uh, you're like, hey, he's got the right shoes, so there must have been some. Well, that is shoes. A, <laughs> that is a that I mean, somebody was wearing like these kind of capizio types, you know, like those kind of like remember the Randy Rhodes shoes that Randy used to wear. I have two pair right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, they say when Slash auditioned for Poison, he, he came in and like the wrong shoes, you know, water moccasin boots yeah. and like a fringe jacket. And then CC walked in with like, you know, platinum blonde hair and, you know, like a T-Rex shirt. And, you know, like, boa, feather boa. Yeah, I was like, yeah. you know, he was the right guy. Yeah. Uh, now, now, were you a Guns N' Roses fan or? Absolutely. And I knew a lot of those songs uh, to a point that I had to, I mean. What's funny is that I wasn't always learning the Izzy song or Izzy side of it when I was learning those songs growing sure. up. It was more like as a guitar learning. player, right? I mean, I you know it wasn't too far off, but um, I, I had that week to kind of brush up and just make sure. And and he was saying, I mean, this is kind of what we have been jamming, and none of it was really confirmed. So I was just trying to cram whatever I could. But um, you know, I just definitely well, you jammed out. with Slash, so you did not have to go through the process of jamming with the two of us. And then Slash was coming in. You we, actually just came in, jammed right. Yeah, we saved you. You get, you right. got right to the final. And then that, you know, what's crazy is that night. Uh, well, what's even great about the story is that Anthony, to my right, uh, pick. Yeah, get him on camera. We, <laughs> Guys, I'm not. I, I've got two arms. I mean, <laughs> are you Facebook living? Are we live? Yeah, we're like, yeah. Oh, we did Instagram live. We did Sorry, Facebook. I tell you what. Before uh, Frankie completes his thought, uh, we're going to cut the Facebook live feed off. Uh, you know, I can't keep this position for much longer. <laughs> you guys, you just leave a goddamn review on iTunes. You guys have no idea the hard work I do. I've been in basically a three quarters beaver shot pose <laughs> trying to get Anthony on uh, the camera. These three guys, the conspirators uh, featuring uh, Slash and Miles Kennedy. That's a it's a cold business. Things uh, things happen uh, tomorrow night at the Palladium. Uh, I don't. I think it's sold out. Yes. Close. Well, you know Gene Simmons. Gene Simmons would have said yes. It's sold out. Uh, call a seat geek StubHub. Go to the Palladium box office. Mention my name. The tickets are still the same price. <laughs> Get one for one deal. <laughs> yeah, get a, a normally tickets are forty dollars. You mentioned my name; it's two for eighty. And uh, the name of the album, guys, for those who haven't bought it yet, "Living the Dream." Living the Dream slash featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators, number one on iTunes. You know, you have no idea. I literally felt like crying because I remember seeing uh, Brent Fitz twenty years ago playing in Eagle Rock. On Sunday nights in the Jeff Leiter band. Wow. Doing covers in front of three people. And to see him get a number one album along with these guys. And before we shut off the Facebook live feed. Yeah, but before we my shut neck off the is killing me. Jesus. Before we shut it off, Earl, I was at your very first ever comedy performance, which actually was very was impressive because wedding? hold on. <laughs> Earl, Earl. <laughs> It was at the comedy store. It was at the comedy it store. It wasn't at like some place deep in the valley. No, you were at the comedy store. It was at Eagle Rock. And it was actually a good time. I wish slot. it was. What and I learned was don't have your first gig at the comedy store if you're not ready. And I remember my first joke. I went to the Hustler store earlier in the day and brought a like a 12, 12 inch dildo. <laughs> As you do. Not for personal use. <laughs> well, it was Tuesday. Right. It's a sale. 
I'm a Jew. I like sales. And my first joke was, hey, you know what? People say I'm a big dick, and I pulled out the dildo. I don't remember that. I do, unfortunately. I probably tried to. I wrote it. I remember it. (laughs) And Eric Singer was there, the great Eric Singer. You had you had members of Kiss at your very first. Eric Singer, uh, uh, great drummer, the man they dress up as Peter Chris. No, oh, come on now. No, I love come on now. Listen, Kiss is the yeah. Jewish Menudo. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be four black guys in Kiss soon. <laughs> We're going to get to that in a minute. The Kiss yeah. Cruise. That's what we got to get to. You guys stole the show in the Kiss Cruise. Yeah, We're going to finish Frankie's I'm story. Gene right now. Yeah, yes. Uh, and you're this also. This is probably in, a bootleg shirt, I'll confess. Uh, Gene, legit, uh, so I'll probably Gene Simmons, come on the uh, podcast just to talk about your drummer's bootleg shirt he's wearing. How <laughs> dare you? We'll also, we'll also talk about the seven Kiss bootlegs I have behind me. Right. Uh, Kiss in San Bernardino, Vinnie Vincent, 1984. Classic. The great Paul. That on. We really should, but I don't know if I'm legally allowed to. <laughs> Not on camera, no, no. To hear, I got something you could pop on camera. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to end the Facebook live feed. Uh, you know, t- just so you guys have such a large fucking band. This is where we do the plugs, which might take five minutes. Sure. I'm going to get up while you guys give the plugs. Where can guys find all of you on social media? We're going to start with Anthony. Yeah. Anthony Stasi. Anthony Stasi on everything. On everything. Uh, wow. We're speaking Stasi. to the mic, boys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anthony Stasi. Oh, again. Yeah, go for it. At Anthony Stasi on all things. A N T H O N Y S T A S I. At Frank Sidoris, no spaces, uh, at Insta- on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Uh, Todd Kearns on uh, uh, Instagram and Facebook. Todd Dammit Kearns on Twitter. Plug your uh, merch. Dammit Wear. Uh, you can go to toddkearns.com and find all my stuff. Yeah, there's a, I got merch and everything. Yeah. It's all great. I'm Brent Fitz on all social media. So there you go. Thank you, Earl. You know, I like to make my friends money and go to Jimmy Webb when you're in New York. Yes. Uh, go to Jimmy yes. Webb when you're in New York. I need more. Dan- I need more. See, I'll plug people who aren't even on the podcast. That's great. Uh, now, Frank, finish the story about uh, your also, story. Yeah, the the audition was over. Slash was extra cool. You know, he knew it was under. Uh, the, like such a crazy circumstance to fly out, but then um, Anthony picked me up and got a coffee, and then I end up flying to Buffalo, New York at 3 a.m. right after that. Played a gig. He took you to the airport? Uh, no, Brent Fitz took me to the airport. You're, you're Brent Fitz. But <laughs> I did, t- yeah, that's you right. You took I did. me to the airport, but Anthony and I, we just hung out for a little bit, right. and then you took me to the airport at 3 in the morning, Yeah. and uh, I go to Buffalo, New York, play a gig, and then four days later, I, I think I got a text from Slash and he's like, hey, I'm going to call you tomorrow around 2 p.m. So uh, I sound check with this band and then I get a phone call from him and he just said, uh, you know, asked me how I was doing. He's like, you know, by unanimous decision, we want you in the band. What do you think? I said, I just got such a good thing going on here. I just thought <laughs> I'm, like, I'm all right. I'm good, man. Thanks. But no, I immediately it was like, of course. So then um, I think what like that would have been February. I was in. I had to finish a tour in Australia, Singapore, and the Philippines, fly to LA, uh, and learn that whole set mm-hmm. within, you know, it, it was a significant amount of time, but it was just kind of under the circumstance. How many songs is that? Uh, it was like 30 songs or something. But your first gig was here down the street at Guitar Center. We did a Guitar Center session. Did an acoustic gig, yeah. Acoustic so thing. That was fun. 
It was really cool. That's yeah. on YouTube. You can find that. Yeah. Yeah, that was my first gig ever. Then we ended up doing, like you said, we did the Revolver Golden Gods um, with me in it. Was that time. before? You did it once with Lemmy and Dave Was that Roll. before Toronto? We did the That was before Golden Toronto. Golden. Then we did the music video for You're Alive. Then we did our first official gig in Toronto. and then At Phoenix Theater, yeah. Yeah, so that in that first month, all that happened. And then it's yeah, been it, seven it happens, years. It, it ha- yeah, that's seven years. That's almost seven years ago. Almost seven years ago. Yeah. In Oof. March, it'll be seven years. Wow. Which is just crazy. And it's nine years for Brent and I. Almost to the, you know, when you get around March, April area, that's all where he joined in March. And oh, were you April? If you think, hey, we probably played this, the longest with Slash as a recording band. Like, oh, we have. This band has been. Who, who even we just talked this? about that because Velvet Revolver, Snake Pit, n- neither lasted as long as, well, at least as long as Brent and I have been playing with Slash, which mm. is a weird thing to consider. Yeah, yeah I mean, you guys are no Eric Dover. <laughs> we love Eric though. I love Eric. I think Eric's that guy's okay. a star. Yeah. Also one of our was favorites. great in Alice Cooper's band, I thought. Yeah. I mean, we do com I do comedy at a place in uh Redondo Beach where he's in yeah. a band on like uh, ponchos. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I don't know who to feel more sorry for, me or him. <laughs> of course I became aware of uh Eric Dover through Glam Nation. Yeah, of course, yeah. With Ryan and those guys. Yeah. Ryan. Uh, what was that gig on uh, Melrose they used the, to play? The, they used to play at a the place gig. called The Gig. The Gig. Which is now, I think, a massage parlor. <laughs> that's so funny. Earl, that's a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, they uh, it was Eric Singer, Teddy Zigzag, I think Derek Sherinian. Uh, Ryan Roxy was there. Uh, Stefan Adika. Stefan like, Adika uh, on bass, Who yeah. sang? Uh, they all kind of did. Right. I guess Eric did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, Eric Dover. Yeah, and uh, that was like a uh, the freak shows that would be in the crowd. Would uh, there was Bobo, a five hundred pound black dude who okay, yeah. was just like a super fan, and then uh, you know, Happen and Harry, uh, yeah, yeah. premier uh, concert promoter and uh, <laughs> jack of all trades. Sure, yeah. Uh, Victor the Steak Man selling the turquoise the uh, oh, jewelry. Yes, at, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just the wild. And the, our friend Bernadette, who, uh, you know, it's hard to, you know, the, the viewership's really dropping now. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about Bernadette, but uh, the whole Hollywood uh, underworld that you're dragging up. Now, let's get back to you guys. This is about you guys. We got a few more minutes left. And I'm being serious for once. Is it hard to sometimes be in this band when you know a lot of the crowd wants to hear Guns N' Roses songs and like you like we're, we're we're like an actual band that's put out a couple albums. Like, it, how do you like bridge that gap of playing what they want to hear and then hey, this is these are our songs too. To well, be honest, this is the first time in the, in the that we've been since this tour commenced that we have actually done away with that that kind of uh that crutch of having guns and roses or velvet roll or, or even snake pit to live on right the percentage is always yeah. if you think about it i mean think as hard as you can we don't do that play, yeah <laughs> i think we played right. about five songs five gun songs max right every set yeah. and i mean the majority is conspirator songs but i mean again we had some velvet revolver or a snake pit song interchange interchanging every now and then but um, I was nervous. I got to say, I wasn't really sure how that transition would go. Yeah, because we only played uh, on this entire tour. We've only played one Guns N' Roses song, which I love in the set. And 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 up until recently, we didn't play any Velvet Revolver, but we added Fall to Pieces. Then we um, did Nitro. And, and but we but we still yeah. but it's still in, in the course of the set. It's the oh, only Guns N' Roses song. song. Yeah. yeah. 
So it's at, at first we were all kind of like, I don't know, but I can only can only speak for myself. I was kind of like, really? Are you sure? Slash is really bold that way. He doesn't really sit around kind of thinking about like, should we do this or shouldn't we do it? He just goes, this is what we're going to do. And you go, okay. And, uh, but the fact that the, the response has been bigger than ever, I think personally. That- I totally agree. Every show, it, it seems like the, we've been even more well-received comparatively. It's just a whole other thing now. Yeah. Well, you take something away and sometimes it's good to let it, you know, to have a little rest. And I think probably I'll speak for you guys, but even the break was healthy for us all to get back together. And then you yeah. look forward to playing the songs we hadn't played in a few years. And Slash certainly probably looks forward to playing a whole bunch of different songs. And it's new and exciting again, even though we've, you know, been playing some of the other songs, but from the last two records, but we have three records. This and band has a lot of music. Account, taking into account that Guns N' Roses now is an existing thing in Slash's life. So it kind of, it kind of feels like if you want to hear those songs, you should probably go see that because they're the guys that do it and and we do a whole other thing. So And at the time you had only two outlets if you wanted to see Guns N' Roses members play those songs. Yeah. And Slash, obviously you go yeah. to him if you, you know, you want it, you want to watch him play Sweet Child, I get it, you know. And now it's like like you said you have that outlet Guns is back together. So Yeah. yeah. So now it's kind of like when Slash comes to do this. I remember thinking it at the time how weird it is that, you know, regardless of how busy Miles is in Alter Bridge or his own thing, these songs that he writes with us, um, you know, they're really, you know, they're, they're really important to him in that way, too. So the only time he really gets to play these songs is with us, you know. So, mm-hmm. so I think the fact both for Slash and both for Miles, it's kind of like getting to play these particular, this particular catalog of songs. That, I think that makes it interesting when he comes and plays with us. I love hearing you guys do non Guns N' Roses stuff because it's like when I go see Stephen Piercy play, and you knew I'd slip in his name once. Sure, of course. He basically plays all rat songs. Yeah, I know. So as an well, idiot, and Vince plays Motley songs, and and a lot of that makes sort of you know it sort of makes sense. But as an idiot fan, and that's all I am. Yeah. Well, me too. But I would think, well, if you're just gonna play rat songs, just go back with rat. Like right. you know, like I don't want to yeah, hear but, rat songs done with you and four Mexican guys you picked up at the but Troubadour. Here's where <laughs> you have to give someone like Slash credit for continuing to be very current and relevant with his writing. Oh, I love it. New music. And that's you have to give, you know, some light on that is that Slash has done a great job of having so much success already and still being able to put fresh new music out that actually has been proven successful. You know, fresh new songs. I mean, we're playing six songs in the set. I think and it's seven now. Yeah. So yeah, to, to, what band have you ever been in? I've never, except this band, where you write a record and you know we're going to play every one of those songs live in front yeah. of people. And this band has played up to the new record. Yeah. Every song on the last two records always made it through a tour. Mm-hmm. You know, can't even play every the, song. Even the solo album, I think we pretty much played the entire thing in some fashion or another. It is interesting because I remember playing on that first tour for apocalyptic love and as it went we just kept adding songs from the album and then yeah. once we played the last song including the two bonus tracks yeah <laughs> i just remember thinking that doesn't happen ever like i don't see that in any we were playing bonus tracks before we got to any of the other like you know yeah, we yeah I remember. somewhere in the middle of it all we kind of got to and i wouldn't tracks. consider them because usually when and we played title, like bonus tracks it sounds like it's a it's a throwaway but they were great songs and they so were, it yeah. really worked either way and we just played on kimmel 
month ago, which yeah. was killer. And we played new songs that weren't even released from the record yet on yeah. the outtakes. Played Driving Rain. Yeah. Well, we played that, but off camera, or they they taped one more song and then we played five more songs for the audience. And I think we did Mind Your Manners. Well, we did Call the Wild for the first time, I think. Or something, I, right? I think we did an, My Antidote. Antidote, for sure. But that was so, released, I think. We don't even know. See, we're playing yeah. new songs and we're like, we've lost track. That's how... Seriously, seven songs already, guaranteed. And that's yeah. over half the album already in, in one month, month Absolutely. and a half. So it's a very unique band. We like each other and we get to play all these new songs together and, you know, it's and like... And our own songs. Like, it's the group yeah. songs, you know. Obviously, there's once in a while, there's like... Even the solo album, it's weird to think about it because... Brent and I didn't play on the solo album, but we supported the tour. Yeah. So they feel very much like our own songs. By yeah. the Sword, Back from Cali, those kind of songs. Yeah, yeah. I don't look at them as any other ghost. Yeah, totally not. Now let's get to the Kiss Cruise. Because <laughs> you guys were this. Like now we're uh, going? Oh, I see what you mean. Well, we can go now. <laughs> I've been on it twice. This will be my third time. Wow. But you guys were the stars. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that. Come on now. It's I called, know. It's not called the Fitz Cruise. No, <laughs> maybe that's uh, Winnipeg. Uh, you know, you <laughs> yeah. take a left at Florida. There's a lot of Winnipeggers that go on the Kiss Cruise. No, I think we were uh, a fresh uh, olive branch extension of the Kiss family tree. And what I think is awesome is that Kiss has been over the years evolving the Kiss Cruise into a family-oriented, you know, members of Kiss, current and former, welcoming them on. And I think this year is going to be really cool because Ace Fraley and. Bruce, Bruce Kulik, Kulik with yeah. Todd and I together. So you've, you're going to cover a lot of the Kiss catalog from those eras. And I've been hearing rumors uh, the night before uh, you guys ship off that Vinnie Vincent is playing a concert. I heard something like that. Yeah, he's doing something. I met Vinnie in she? Nashville. I, it's a whole thing. It's a, whole, it's a thing. whole thing. Who knows? I just met him at Gene's <laughs> vault experience in Nashville, I don't know, six months ago. And uh, How's she nice doing? Guy. Nice girl. No, he was cool. I mean, what are you going to say? I don't know what. It, I mean, what? what it, I don't know. If, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Love Kills is still a good song. It's a great song. Yeah, yeah. Boys are going to rock. Going to rock. The great Robert Fleischman Robert song. Fleischmann. Oh, he was in Journey and then they gave him the boot. Oh, that exactly. guy must like just want to just shoot someone. <laughs> he must just throw darts at Steve Perry constantly. Yeah, exactly. You know what? Steve Perry was a drummer first. I did not know that. Jordan Canada. Did like you know Ed that he McMahon. played in a band in Edmonton called anyone? Anyone? I forget. Privilege. Privilege. What a name. Jesus. Look it up. <laughs> and this is before Journey. Look it up. Look it up. Yeah, that's before Journey. Okay, back to Kiss. Good for Arnel Panetti. The guy looks. The guy's amazing. I'm telling you what. <laughs> he's the, a really nice guy, dude. He's come to our show in the Philippines. Arnel, yeah, he's amazing. Extra cool. I'm telling you, he's I, he ain't Steve Perry, but what are you gonna do? We were in we were in Manila, and we're like. We're trying to, because usually you go, you go to a place and you go, is there anybody, any bands from here that we should know? And I remember we were in Manila and I, and I think the only one we'd landed on was, well, Arnell's from the Philippines. And then sure enough, he showed up that night. It's like, I don't know where I go. That's the one guy I know in, yeah. in the Philippines. Yeah. What's well, the weirdest dynamic to see Journey? Because, you know, they're older guys for the most part. And mm -hmm. then he's probably 20 years younger. Mm -hmm. He might not be guys. that much younger though. I don't know. I mean, he's no spring chicken, but like. But he's full of energy like, oh he's like one of the most engaging front men i've ever seen like he, he is yeah i saw when he had long hair and they played vegas and he was all over the place yeah, it was years too, yeah. ago i think it was his first tour with them and he was just on fire yeah and then sang his ass off too now they have steve smith back who did one of the best yeah. drums so oh i love i mean he's doing one these of my drum favorite drummers tricks like my drum tech on the current slash tour we're on he teched for steve smith on the journey escape tour so I mean, we've had a few good stories about that. Uh, I think Brian Adams was opening on that tour. Brian Adams uh, wrote two songs on uh, Creatures of the Night. Are you going to name them, Earl? Yeah, I can, actually. <laughs> okay. 
to be honest. Let's go. Here we go. War Machine. That's correct. And I want to say Rock and Roll Hell. You're correct. Come on, man. I know you. Rock and Roll Hell. Is it Rock and Roll Hell that there's a version of that by Ace Frehley? Oh yeah. There's a yeah. Yeah. But Ace Frehley just recorded it and released it on his last. Oh, on the Anomaly or no 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 the the Invaders record covers album. He's cranking out those solo efforts. Hey, whatever. Guy's got to make a buck. Exactly. Yeah. He'll be in Kiss at some point again. You think so? Really? You're gonna go there? You know, let's talk about the Kiskers. Let's talk about the Kiskers. <laughs> let's not speculate. We know the Kiskers is happening. We're going to be on the Kiskers. Well, that's exciting. Yeah, that's exciting. See, that's, the, that's the Gene Simmons influence. Get right to the plugs, <laughs> Earl. I, I love can tell it. you this. I've learned so much from working with Gene in the last two years of things that the the Canadian kid that grew up in Winnipeg never thought about. And I really appreciated not only how great Gene is as, as a musician, but the things that I just saw how he was just being. A, a smart person in the music biz. Like I, Oh my God, it's brilliant. I'll I mean, tell you right it's fantastic. Now, most of what we do on stage and most of what I do in my, in my performance aspect is so kiss based. I always tell, yeah. say this about the guys on stage when we're playing is it's like when we're on stage, sometimes we get really kind of stage right heavy because slash likes to solo in the middle of the stage. So I'm Frank and I are always kind of like trying to get over to that side to kind of balance it out. And I always go, this is a total kiss move because you, if you watch kiss, they're very good at kind of like making sure symmetry. that symmetry and covering the stage right. Cause it's like, you know, there it's a performance aspect of, of how to do it. So and it's weird how like just watching kiss all my life has just become such a big part of everything that you do in a performance base for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's really amazing that they've been around this long. I mean, it it, is. it's you know, like, it's like to, to ride the highs and lows of the music business to have other bands be popular more popular than they were and then those bands you know just take a band like rat in all seriousness sure, yeah, yeah. huge in 83 but yeah. you know a yeah. couple years later they're struggling and kisses you know hot in the shade and it was yeah. it the greatest album like, you know, who knows but yeah. like they're yeah, still doing hey, it if you want to say if, if you're going to bring up hot in the shade forever hit. was a massive hit on that record thank One you michael biggest. bolton yeah still i thought that was bruce's shining moment that solo was really great oh i love bruce mm-hmm. you, you know i mean he's an amazing guitar player he doesn't get the credit like no. yeah because he was in the era of kiss where you know they look like drag queens <laughs> yeah but you know what he, there was a lot of hit songs in that era there was a lot of mtv you know hits oh like, yeah so i mean videos and some people remember we're a generation older that liked kiss in the early so or mid 70s us, i mean so many of us and that's what's the fun part of playing with bruce now is doing these songs I was there. Like I was, I don't really, I, you know, I was, I was kind of like Todd and I saw Bruce on the animalized tour. Totally. I mean, I was young enough that like when I got into kiss, I think the makeup thing was still happening, but it was definitely the tail end of the makeup thing. So that when the non makeup happened, I was still invested. You know, I was invested all the way through. I wasn't one of those guys that kind of checked out. I was sort of there the entire way through. It was a weird time in the early eighties. You know, they could, they were kind of jumping trends, let's just say. But we were I mean, kids, and I don't think we were really that aware of like what the trends were. I don't remember like being like, this sounds like everything else. I, mean, I wasn't mad at Dynasty because it was disco. I just thought, well, these songs we are great. At the time. I thought, I sure, no, something really... was a killer song, and so was I Was Made for Loving the You. The songs on that record, are, they stand on their own regardless. Yeah. Charisma, that bass line and charisma. Great. Just X-ray eyes. Great. Great. Well, I like Unmasked. Unmasked is a great Cars album. It is a great Cars album. It has a Cars vibe, yeah. And then, you know, the next album was like a Pink Floyd concept. Hey, we were playing uh, on the last runs with Gene. We pulled out She's So European. And it sounded great. So 
It was great. Yeah. A glass of pink champagne. Come on. <laughs> but what I love about the Gene Band is you get to hear songs that, you know, maybe Kiss. Yeah, those guys dug deep, Wouldn't uh, yeah. entertain uh, yeah, well, that's singing the, for various That's what reasons. the Kiss Cruise is all about is a chance to do, you know, stuff because it's very, you know, it's a very, it's a captive audience. It's Kiss fans exclusively Extreme on, Kiss the, fans on the cruise. Like, so yeah. you could play any song from a Kiss catalog and they will be like last year, um, the, the, our whole set was, there was probably half of it that maybe never were played by the band. Gosh, I mean, yeah. we were doing stuff off killers and we were doing stuff from side four of alive two. Yeah. And then some of the stuff that brew like this year, and we don't have to reveal it cause we haven't been on the Kiss cruise yet, but we're definitely going to do some more of those kind of songs from Bruce's era. If I pay you guys enough money, because I know Bruce likes the dollar, it's, <laughs> it's fine. I mean, we're both of the same tribe. I will pay personally out of my uh, my wealthy uh, roast battle and the jellies, and I'm dying up here slush fund. So I didn't mean to drop a few shows. I'm on. Yeah, I appreciate that. Anyway, or my various. I'm like Jay Leno. I only touch my stand up money. <laughs> I want to hear. I'm a legend tonight. And uh, My Way with the uh, Sidoris on keyboards. My Way from Crazy Nights. Wow. Of course. Crazy. Wow. Okay. How about, uh, <laughs> how about I'll give Frank's you a few like, teasers? I'm out. I need the money. I'll give you a few teasers. Is that fair enough? Uh, well, because you do primarily, not primarily, but a good portion of what you guys do in the Kiss Cruise is from Bruce's era. Well, this particular time will be 100% that. You know. So yeah. from, uh, well, I mean, I know Mark St. John was the guitar player in animalized but basically from animalized to carnival of souls yeah so you've got 84 to 96 yeah i mean carnival of souls great stone temple pilots album (laughs) right yeah so you got asylum you've got um the desmond child era of crazy nights hot in the shade revenge carnival of souls and then you know you know Obviously, Alive 3, Bruce played stuff like Creatures of the Night, and he played I Still Love You, and some older... Around Hot in the Shade and Revenge, they really started to, you know, get down with their own legacy. You know what I mean? Like, suddenly Deuce is back in the set. Suddenly, you know, Strutter, they'll, they'll bust out all that stuff. So yeah. Bruce has a pretty deep catalog of all that stuff anyway. But, you know, we try to, like, especially with the Kiss Cruise, because the audience is so specifically, you know, they, they are massive, extreme Kiss fans. They got Kiss playing, so obviously... The, the actual Kiss is playing, so, and then you got Ace Fraley playing, so we're really part, you know, our thing is going to be kind of like that specific kind of ignored, uh, not really ignored, but it just does, it rarely kind of touched upon era of, of Kiss. Well, I, you know, I mean, I'm 50, so I, I grew up in Kiss's prime, but like to me, that like I really became a Kiss nut swinger in the 80s. <laughs> Like Vinny, I remember buying Lick It Up. We all did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Lick It Up was the, you know. And then the generation after us, though, that saw the music videos and their kiss was Asylum and Crazy Nights. I mean, when they were all Asylum, you look at the the video for Who Wants to Be Lonely, you thought they were doing B. Arthur impressions. I can tell you a great story. (laughs) One of my buddies from high school uh, who, you know, saw some of the footage of us from the cruise last year, and he he didn't want to admit it because, you know, that, I hate to say it, man, but. I love that Who Wants to Be Lonely song, and I would have never admitted that. I'm like, see, it's a good song. And I think just us bringing it back. Remember remember when Kiss put out Exposed, the the, the home video? Yes, with the great Mark Blankfield as the host. Oh, yeah. Yeah, from Fridays. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, great acting from Bruce. That was like SNL. (laughs) Yeah, edit this out. Edit her out. (laughs) Yeah. But But Mark Blankfield was so 
funny in that. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, what are these girls' names? That's Carol number one, number two. <laughs> That's uh, Carol number three. So I guess you could say you went caroling. <laughs> <laughs> that guy was hilarious. Writing meeting. But the funny thing about that video and, and the subsequent following videos was that they were smart enough to put in those like, you know, like like deuce from like san francisco black and white and you were like and as a kid you were just blown away by like because we already loved kiss what what they were doing at the time but when they would kind of like give you little doses of like these classic this classic footage it would just blow your mind well there was no youtube we weren't watching old kiss footage on tv unless you like were you know trading bootlegs on vhs tapes which which we were yeah but to see oh my god i have the best story there used to be a um store in westwood called mayhem and it sold bootleg CDs, posters, all those posters you guess upstairs I bought from Mayhem. And uh, one day I'm at my dad's country club and I see Mike Douglas. Oh, wow. Legendary 70s talk show host. I'm like, hey, Mr. Douglas, I, I loved you when, when you had Kiss on your show. It's like, <laughs> really cool. I was like, of course, the Mike Douglas show had been off the air for a little bit. And he's like, well, how'd you see it? Like, oh, there's this great store in Westwood. They, they sell these VHS tapes of your you're show. Not, you're not oh, no. Any from it, sir. No. And literally, I go to Mayhem two days later and they were shut down. <laughs> oh, you caused that. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, boy. Well, guys, I know you have a show tomorrow night. I can't thank you. I really do thank you guys. And first of all, I'd like to thank my co host, Anthony Stasi. Anthony Stasi. Anthony Stasi at Anthony Stasi. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. From Frankie and the Studs. You well listen. You're like the uh co host from the Grassy Knoll. You just <laughs> you, you just pick your yeah. who's that guy? Yeah. You have a show. Yeah. I, I like to plug. I got something Anthony can plug. You have a show New Year's Eve? No, Halloween. Oh, Halloween. Wow. I thought you said New Year's Eve. See, you do. Don't tell me. I do research. So Halloween, where's your show at? And Anthony's a very fine guitar player. So please, uh, where are you Halloween and New Year's Eve? We're playing the Fillmore. That's a huge, huge. Where's that? San Francisco. San Francisco, like Dave Attell, you know, all these great, the Tubes. Yeah, we played there. Yeah, Yeah. The 31st and the 1st, October 31st and November 1st. Is it your own show? Uh, we're opening for the B fifty twos. Yeah, that's cool. That's so crazy. Nah. Rock it lobster. Wasn't a whale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Christ, Larry. Says Vegas. <laughs> who, who knew he was gay? No, he was <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and we're playing downtown LA New Year's at the uh, Redwood. Yeah. Cool. So if you're around those uh, neck of the woods in uh, Northern California or here, please check out Anthony. Uh, I know this was an awkward uh, interview throughout, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Frank. Earl, are we going to discuss the pink uh, fucking knuckle dusters? What's going on here? (laughs) First of all, Mr. Sidoris. Do people know that that's there? These are uh, the only sponsor of Inappropriate Earl. Uh, Stephen Piercy, you know, those rat publishing checks are getting a little dry. So he has his company, Mike Knuckles. That's M-I-C. I used to know a guy named Mike Knuckles. I bet you did. <laughs> Five deep. Uh, the only sponsor, and I must thank Stevie Rochelle from the band Tough, T-U-F-F, and the, how would you say the creator? This is kind of how me and Brent bonded. It was one night at Eric Singer's house, his palatial estate, and uh, is that Van Nuys? Eric. North Hollywood. 
I remember you telling me at Eric Sing- in Eric Singer's bedroom, hey, have you ever heard about this website, Metal Sludge? And little would I know that 20 years later, Stevie Rochelle, the creator of Metal Sludge, right. would be the theme song to Inappropriate Earl from day one. That's so amazing. thank you. No, Stevie actually is a good guy. He's completely insane. <laughs> and if you want to Google up uh, a gay picture, look up Stevie Rochelle beach towel. <laughs> were you ever on the Earl? That. Were you ever on the penis chart? I I I uh, I'm not on the penis chart, frankly, because I'm not famous enough. On Metal Sludge, there is a something called the penis chart where rock stars are reviewed by groupies, people who slept with them. Some of the better reviews are, I won't say his name because, you know, but he's in Quiet Riot. And uh, let's just say the girl said there's no riot going on in his pants. Oh, <laughs> damn. Uh, Frankie. Seller. Sorry, I'm done. Right. <laughs> Jesus, don't become a comic. Oh, no. Because <laughs> I never answered the fucking album question. So, hey. Yeah, I mean, come on, it's dude. A call, look, it's a callback. Comes in threes. Okay. <laughs> I, I bet it does on the tour bus. Hey. Hello, no. And what, you know, let me get back to that in a second. What I love about you guys is all five of you have either wives or girlfriends and are 180% faithful. I mean, that's like, I think that's another reason that I love you guys. It's like, you guys are just in it because you love each other. Like, well, I mean, it's funny, be, like, I'm a grown ass man now. So being on the road is a different thing when you're like, that's what's so funny. When, when Frank came into the band, there was a part of me that was kind of like, God, he's 23. I don't know what I would have been doing when I was 23 in this thing, and it would what? I would have, I would have been in trouble. I probably wouldn't have made it. Probably wouldn't have survived it. But uh, but now as a grown ass man, it was like you know the, the road becomes more like a uh, you know it's what you do. It's like uh, you're going off to sea. You know we're going off to uh, to uh, accomplish this mission and play music, and so it really isn't about all that kind of stuff. It's funny because backstage with 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 our band is like the most disappointing backstage experience for any rock and roll fan, I'm sure. It really is. <laughs> I mean, I remember when I went backstage at the Palladium three years ago, I was like, God, oh, this is going to be wild. And I had a girlfriend at the time. And, uh, you know, Brent... So you left her at home because you thought... No, no. She was... <laughs> Brent uh, was very nice to introduce her to Slash. And that's when I... I've never met Slash myself, but I was like, wow, he's probably pretty tired. Here's this 19-year-old girl who's like a super huge fan of his, and he took the time to like sign her thing and like oh, talk awesome. to her. Yeah. So I was like, wow, this guy's pretty cool. And I know he employs you guys and treats you guys well. But I got to be honest here, backstage, it's a little dry. A little dry. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think anybody in our band drinks. Not really. Frank well, drinks, but and, and Miles. Not on the, on the job, I guess. It's not on the job, yeah, not necessarily. And, and Slash, Brent, and I are all you know, teetotalers and, and Miles has a snifter of ale every Christmas, I think. Miles doesn't even like to... <laughs> Miles is like the nicest guy I've ever met. He makes you look like a dick, Todd. <laughs> well, you can say that about a lot of people. But yeah, no, Miles is a wonderful guy. Yeah. And before I go, before we go, I must say, I, I forgot to mention this. Two days from now, you're being inducted. What are you doing in two days? You got a big gig in Canada, inducted right? Inducted into a insane asylum. Yeah, it's the... Uh, the BC Entertainment Hall of Fame in Vancouver is British Columbia. Yeah, it's the British Columbia Entertainment Hall of Fame. So yeah, it's, it's like it's the very, Hollywood stars it's like the Hollywood thing on it's Hollywood it's Boulevard here, yeah. and it's a Canadian star walk. But that's a big deal. Canada. It is it's a, big a pretty deal. big deal. I mean, the, especially the fact that my parents and my kids all live in Vancouver, so they have to walk past this thing every once in a while, which is the whole reason I put it there. Is like, see, it's totally no. I'm kidding. And who else is <laughs> like just. To give people the... Brian uh, Adams, Sarah McLaughlin, you know, 
uh, Lover Boy, maybe who knows? Uh, probably Lover Boy, anybody yeah. like that. Apparently. Michael Bublé, which is to be honest, like Michael Bublé, anybody who's like of that level is like, I'm like, why am I on that street? But um, you know, it's 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 a really it's a it's one of those things I just can't quite wrap my head around, frankly. And if Winnipeg has one, it's I don't know why he wouldn't be in in that. He's going to be inducted into the Tim Hortons on Third Street <laughs> with Dustin. They've Buffalo. already named everything in my hometown after Burton Cummings, so it's already well, covered. Yeah. <laughs> now, aren't you guys? What's the other side band you guys have? Tuke. And what's uh, where can people check that what's out? iTunes or Spotify. We have an album. Q U E. Yeah, we have a one coming. Yeah. Our uh, our band is Corey Churko from Shania Twain's band, mm -hmm. and our uh, drummer. Shane Gallus is, um, he's in a very, very huge Japanese band called The Bees. And, but he's um, Canadian, which is weird. We're all we're from all the Canadian same Gallus. sort of neighborhood up in Canada. Two guys live in LA, Shane and Corey. Todd and I live in Vegas. And basically we, we have a band to go and play a bunch of our favorite songs that helped make our careers. They're all Canadian, Canadian songs. songs. Yeah. So we've kind of streamlined the band. This is what we do. We do all our stuff we grew up on and, um, so we actually are playing gigs after the Slash Tour. Mm -hmm. We're going up November. to play our um, Canadian Super, the equivalent to the Super Bowl in America, the Grey Cup. The Grey Cup. We actually yeah. have some shows up there in November with Tuke uh, for the Grey Cup, and we have some some other shows. Do we in, even know who's in the Grey Cup this year? Or is that not yet. Being established? Not okay. yet. I guess the uh, Montreal Alouettes. <laughs> wow. We're, we're busy. The, I, I mean, your Canadian knowledge here, here's the gene in me saying after the Slash Tour, we go right into where Todd's getting, we're playing, I'm playing with Todd for his induction in Vancouver next weekend. Yeah. Then we go right into rehearsals for the Kiss Cruise with Bruce and the, the band. Cruise. And our, our um, and then we're um, doing Kiss the Kiss Cruise and then we do the um, Then the we go November into Tuke. Tuke dates. So and then it's time to go. Well, then it's holidays and then it's and then we go right back out with Slash. To January Europe. 2nd. Norway, I think, stuff like that. We have a whole bunch of countries. I'm not like, sure what we're allowed to talk about. Oh, uh, so uh, I don't want to get we're anyone in trouble. immediately overseas. We just, to, uh, we're just told to say Europe. Yeah. We're just told be prepared to be busy from January through April. and then a year from now. Yeah, so Almost, yeah. it's good to be busy, you know, next year already. And then the Gene Simmons band uh, is a hiatus. I had to take a break, you know. Well, I mean, those guys, Kiss is coming back next year now. Kiss is touring next year. The end, the, the end of the, the end of the road. That means. Yeah. Well, who knows? I mean, I remember going to the farewell tour in 96. Right. Right. Well, <clears throat> and Molly Cruz back too, aren't they? I don't know. Some, you know, somewhat. I remember going to Ozzy's uh, no more tours in 91 <laughs> yeah, going, yeah. this is it. I got to go. We yeah. bought tickets to have two shows in Irvine with Judas Priest. And I I, this that. is it. And, uh, Supposed to go see him at the Hollywood Bowl last Thursday. Now and it's no more tours, too. Yeah. I mean, these, they just tour until you'd go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Frank, where can the fans... First of all, it's your 30th birthday next week. Yeah. Well, uh, same well you're celebrating next Frank week. Frank was born same day as John Lennon and Sean Aren't Lennon. you doing something uh, at an undisclosed location? Uh, In Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, I might go see a Knights game, and I'm not going to, you know, I'm, I might roll by. Earl, let's do that. Come on down, dude. Let's go see a game. But where uh, you have any musical uh, endeavors in between uh, the break? Uh, well, I'm going to play drums for Gene Simmons' band while he's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm fully committed to this until, uh, uh, I guess... He's one of those smart people who doesn't fill his time. With a bunch of he people. can't play in two because he's not Canadian. That's the only rule. We'd have Frank in the band. Well, he's Canadian by penetration. 
Initiation. Off stage keyboards, maybe. Exactly. Jeez. All right, guys. Just let me play. For the iTunes fans, well, we've already done the plugs. Yeah, we have. Oh, let's talk to your lady. Hey, let's plug the Winnipeg Jets. Let's do that. Let's All plug, right, Earl. At, at uh, I don't know what their uh, Twitter is. At Jets. Just go Jets, go. Come on. So if you're in LA, go see Slash featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators at the Palladium tomorrow night. I'll be there uh, selling merch in the parking lot. Bootleg. <laughs> Bootleg. Bootleg. I've got some, damn it, uh, where I've just... About about a hundred white T-shirts and just put "damn it" on it. Uh, fifty dollars <laughs> if you want Todd's autograph, which I'll just forge. It's uh, fifty-two dollars. These guys are the best. Number one album on iTunes. Anthony Stasi was uh, in the house. My better half. Yeah, he's all. Tell me about it, and uh, maybe the most good-looking guy I've ever had in my house. <laughs> But I've only had like comics and real desperados in here, so it's kind of like famous saying, couch, Earl. I'm pretty this, impressed. There's been a lot of cool people on your couch. Who's since. been on this couch? Just a who's who of who isn't. I know. Uh, I remember the day you moved here, Earl. What's that like? How many years ago? That's a Twenty years ago, I bought after 9/11. Thought yeah. that might be a good time to buy into a low-rise building. <laughs> uh, Steve Piercy has been on this couch. Fred Corey from Cinderella. Joey Cagle, who you might know as Joey Allen from Warrant. Bobby Rock, who maybe had the greatest memory of any person I've ever wow. met in my life. Wow. So when you guys told the story about auditioning and everyone comes down to audition, he literally was naming every person at the audition oh, wow. what their drum kit was. I wow. mean, he's like amazing. Uh, currently drumming for Lita Ford. I'll plug Bobby. He, buy his book. I mean, no, he's great. We just hung with him at the uh, the Indi Indianapolis Kiss Expo. Yeah, I mean, I was not there. I was at the Nashville Expo. Which a podcast expo in Nashville was is really outstanding. It's like there's more chicks at a promise keepers meeting. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I've never felt so good about my looks after three hours at a podcast. Uh, I think the guy from uh they had some guy from some band. Uh, he looked a little rough, a uh, little green around the gills. Inappropriate Earl SoundCloud and iTunes. Uh coming up, the man who directed the videos for Crazy Nights, Turn On the Night, and Reason to Live. No way. With maybe the worst CGI in the history when Paul lit the Porsche on fire. <laughs> the great Marty Kallner coming up in a few weeks. And uh, Miles Kennedy will come on. We, he has to rest his vocals for tomorrow night. He's a pro's pro. We know. We'll ask. Thank you guys very much. Bring it.